Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Adrian Cockcroft. I'm the VP of Cloud Architecture Strategy. With me, I have Zahida Borat, who's the head of Open Source Strategy. So we're going to talk about what we're doing with open source at AWS. Was anyone here a, a year ago when I did a talk on uh, our open source work then? Maybe five of you? No? One or two, maybe. Um, we've moved on quite a lot since then. Um, we're going to break this into a few different sections. going to start off uh, talking a bit about where we're going, but uh, then we're going to really talk about the communities, the code, and the contributions that we're making from AWS. I'm going to start off by really looking at one question, which is, you know, what's the state of open source at AWS? How do we think about this? And the, uh, the key thing here is there's this trade-off between the control you need to get something done and maybe a need for ubiquity to have everyone doing it the same way. And if you think about that, um, sometimes the right option, if you're building something that's sort of an MVP, it's the first version of something, you're trying to evolve it, you're still trying to explore the market, quite often the right thing to do then is just build a unique service and figure out how to get it out there. And I think, you know, over the last few years we've seen with AWS Lambda, for example, it came out as a very, it, a lot of people confused for the first year, people started using it after that, and it's now getting to really mass adoption. So it's something where we had to evolve because we were still figuring out all the different pieces we need to do it. But sometimes uh, the right option is to base on open source because the, it's pretty well understood what you're trying to, problem you're trying to solve, and the best way to solve it is to have everyone do it the same way. And by sharing with open source, we get everyone on the same base, everyone can contribute, and everyone works together on it. And it's really the right strategy for ubiquity where you've got community-driven um, innovation to build on top of that. And we typically, if we're building a service, it's built on top of open source. But if you think about some of the really large-scale services that AWS builds, we're really meeting the need to build a very large multi-scale, multi-tenant large-scale system. And in, and quite often these people say, well, why don't you open source that? We say, well, the minimum installation is 150 machines or 600 machines because that's what we put into a region when we install you know, this, this big service. And it doesn't really, there isn't a place where you can abstract that out and turn it into something that you could download and play with. So in terms of the, the large multi-tenant kinds of things, those tend to be the things that we build as services and we, we put them out there. Um, but if you think about, say, something like uh, MySQL, right? You can do MySQL RDS where we, you run a copy. We make it easy for you to run a copy for yourself as RDS. But we also have this large multi-tenant service called Aurora. And that takes MySQL, it extends it, it makes it more highly available, we build it out as a service, and uh, we run our backend and is very customized to run on our infrastructure. So that's kind of the two different approaches here built around kind of a common open source program. So what we're seeing, though, um, is we're seeing a little bit more um, of the time we're, we're choosing to go with ubiquity, we're choosing to go with open source, and you're seeing more open source-based projects from AWS. But what we're also doing, and we'll talk a bit about this later, is we're helping our customers who are developing, operating open source, and also helping them contribute to open source and having more opportunities. And we're creating the number of the contributions from AWS itself to open source are increasing. So I'm going to pass over to Zahida to talk a bit about the, the communities and the engagement that we've had with them. Here we go. 
Okay, hi. Very quiet. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to be here. This is my first time speaking at reInvent. And um, so I just want to ask you, how many of you are actually using open source software? That should be everybody in the room, yes. <laughs> and how many of your companies are contributing to open source software? Excellent, keep the hands up. How many of you individually are contributing to open source software? Okay, that's still a um, fair few number. Companies was higher. And um, how many of you contributing anything, you know, whether it's code, whether it's um, documentation, um, whether it's uh, working in legal and supporting open source, um, whether it's um, supporting decisions in open source. Can I see a show of hands there? Okay, that's still, that's a good number in the room. Um, we'd like to see more of that growing. And um, today I'm gonna touch a little bit on uh, the people around open source, some of the roots of open source, um, what we do in open source program offices in companies in terms of releasing code and um, share some of what we're doing at AWS as well. Can I push the right hand button? <laughs> okay. So it's come a long way and we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Some of these giants um, are well known. You may have come across them and some of them are less so, um, and they've been a core part in um, having a deep impact in open source. So for example, you're all familiar with the uh, Mozilla Foundation and the Firefox browser. Mitchell Baker is a person who's responsible for the creation of the Mozilla Foundation. She's the chair of the foundation and also for Mozilla Corporation. Um, Richard Stallman uh, created the notion of user choice and user choice with free software. So some of you may be aware of the Free Software Foundation, which carried um, Richard's notions forward. Um, things like um, you know, allowing user to uh, freedom to share, freedom to study, and uh, freedom to modify the code. And then Denise Cooper, um, she's uh, head of heads up open source at PayPal, and she's instrumental in creating the open source initiative and chairing that for many years. And the, the open source initiative is responsible for the open source license definitions. A uh, few more people, Tim O'Reilly, you're probably familiar with Tim, and he carried forward this whole idea of uh, user choice with open source and um, promoted open source through his uh, media corporation, O'Reilly Media. Uh, Gina Blaber is also with O'Reilly Media, and she's responsible for a lot of the events and um, ca the community gatherings and hosting that and supporting that over many years. Um, let me see, Brian Bellendorf. Brian was one of my mentors very early on when I started the Open Office Project, and uh, Brian created was one of the founders of Apache, um, the very popular web server. Now, you know, we have the Apache Software Foundation. He's currently at the Linux Foundation as the executive director, uh, working on blockchain. 
And um, of course, um, Alison Randall and Stormy Peters. Alison uh, worked on many of the programming languages. Chaired, uh, was actually president of the Pearl Foundation. And um, she's also on the board of many of the languages like Python and Parrot. And Stormy was the executive director for the GNOME Foundation for many years. And of course, we all know Linus. So all of these giants that have really come before us, um, they've allowed us to really enable uh, the next generation of innovation and growing um, community of developers. So open source is about thousands of contributions and um, actually you know, billions of lines of code. And it's really about the community. And a community can't stand alone without the structures. Uh, that support the community and, and governance structures as well as um, you know, things like um, stewardship of the project, um, promoting kind of the foundations, promote the underlying technologies. Um, they provide a space for the community to collaborate um, and make the technology that we all work on accessible and reliable. And they really help us all grow out the ecosystem. Um, there are lots of foundations. Um, here's just a few example of a few that we've been working with. We're working with many more. But I mentioned earlier the Apache Software Foundation. And um, you know, if you're working in the cloud, there's also a lot of your projects are hosted here at the Apache Software Foundation. And we work with Apache on, on Apache MXNet. Um, the open source initiative, as I said earlier, is responsible for the open source license definition, and, and we sponsor the OSI. Many of these foundations are responsible for edu uh, education and advocacy of open source, uh, and that also includes the Linux Foundation that um, works with uh, Linux and really supports this multi-billion dollar um, ecosystem around Linux, um, consisting of developers, consisting of enterprise and governments. We're also a member of the Linux Foundation. Um, we started two initiatives there, and these, were, um, these are the core infrastructure initiative and the open container initiative. And also the CNCF um, the, is a part of the Linux Foundation. So the Linux Foundation hosts a whole bunch of different foundations. And earlier this year, we joined the CNCF. Yeah, so I, I'm uh, on the board of CNCF representing AWS there. And what we're doing there is uh, really, um, now that pretty much every large vendor is a, mem is a member of CNCF and uh, many large end users as well, what we're doing is we're trying to get enterprises to understand cloud native computing. I and mean, you can read more about this in the blog post I, I, I made last um, last August when we joined. Um, we're also integrating a bunch of the CNCF components into Amazon products, in particular ECS. Um, we were initially um, members of, you know, we initially created ContainerD before it became part of CNCF. So we're, we're founding members there and we're gradually migrating towards using ContainerD as the core runtime within ECS. Um, there's also some work that's been going on the Container Network Initiative. We recently up, upstreamed some changes there, 
um, that give us the ability to connect into um, connect the Amazon networking interface, the ENI, into CNI so that we can use it directly. And that's, that's a core piece that we're going to be using for our container networking going forwards. And then we've been also working with the Kubernetes team uh, you know, project and contributing some fix, fixes for things like installers, getting better IAM integration and security, and also the networking integration. Uh, another reason for to getting in, to get into CNCF was that um, there's some work going on there to around serverless and um, starting to create some definitions around that. And I got a, a, a little small announcement today. Click through. We, we're also announcing today we're moving the Kubernetes scalability testing. Currently, the testing runs about 5,000 nodes. We're providing credits to CNCF, and that uh, scalability testing is going to be moving to AWS. We're going to do a few things to push the scalability a bit more and, and do more interesting things than running 5,000 copies of Hello World or whatever it is they currently do. But I think there's some, um, you know, just a sign of that we're gradually increasing our contribution here, and we've been getting quite involved in. The, the helping steer what's happening at CNCF across multiple projects. Well, um, most of us in, in this area will be at um, Cloud Native Con and Apache and um, KubeCon next week in Austin as well. Maybe see some of you there. Yeah, oh, let me talk through this. Okay. Um, so the other thing we're doing is growing communities and communities of developers. Um, we've uh, been sponsoring events like OzCon. And we've supported some of the um, uh, some of our customers as well. So, uh, helping them build that, build out their own open source programs. Just can click on talk a bit about that. Um, so, oh, sorry, uh, you can talk this one. Yeah. So we've um, with OSCON, we were uh, sponsors, diamond sponsors of the OSCON conference earlier this year, and we had a great response from the community hosting. Um, holding uh, the keynotes, many talks, community meetings there. It was a really wonderful opportunity to get feedback um, from, from the community on various sessions. So we'd love to get feedback from all of you as well throughout the course of this week. Um, next year is the 20th anniversary of uh, open source. So it's a big year for events and um, we're going to be working with both the OSI that's organizing a world tour and um, OSCON as well. And so we're part of that activity. So when I was at Netflix a few years ago and uh, basically started the Netflix open source program, um, gave lots of talks at reInvent about it and went around trying to figure out how to create an open source program out, out of being a consumer of technology but having a, an open source sort of brand on the side to go push a, push a bunch of projects. And rather than just individual projects, we connected them together into a complete Netflix OSS air, um, sort of environment. Um, so more recently, this is actually from a, a, a meetup that almost a year ago at Netflix where they talked about their open source programs and how they run them and how they think about them and why do we do that. And really the goal here was to improve engineering, get feedback, collaborate with uh, more broadly through open code, and then also around recruiting and um, solving hard problems with a larger community of people looking at that. 
Um, that culminated, um, I guess it was three years ago at reInvent. Um, was, we were on stage with Werner. I, I held a, a prize competition for contributions. Uh, AWS contributed some of the prizes and hosted the prize giving. We we're in Werner's keynotes. And uh, we can see some of the uh, winners, well, the winners and judges were on stage here at reInvent. So that was a, a case where, you know, as a customer working with AWS, we got AWS to help us sort of promote and, and uh, broaden our support for, for open source. And now that I've joined AWS, I'm working with additional customers to help, uh, help sponsor their programs and, and uh, promote the projects they're working on. So we talk about what um, Capital One have been doing. Very strong support for open source. They've been at uh, the OzCon for many years with, with a large presence. Um, and they've got a, a good blog here on how to create an open source project. And you know, it's, it's one thing to create an open source project when you're a startup or maybe if you're on Netflix, but this is, this is a bank with a whole lot of regulation, a lot of internal process, and they've been working through what it takes to do that. So they have a, a good blog post there, and if you're in an enterprise and you're thinking about how this works, then that's a good place to start. And they also have a, a really interesting project called Cloud Custodian that I think uh, a lot of people should take a look at. It's basically policy management for the operations or, or the usage of AWS um, within your account. So if you want to say, make sure that all of your, um, whenever somebody creates a RDS MySQL database, it should always be an encrypted. That mode should always be set. So if you create one that isn't encrypted, that's, that's outside compliance, and Cloud Custodian will go there and sort of tell you you can't do that or, or shut it down or, or you have a bunch of actions you can take to maybe turn on the feature that you, you forgot to put on. Um, they're actually having an all-day hackathon um, on Cloud Custodian is being hosted at reInvent. This is another example of us working with uh, our customers to support them as they're uh, building open source projects. So if you're in this room, you're probably not at that event, but um, hopefully um, yeah, you, you can see the outcome of this as the, the project will be moving forward um, more quickly given that they're, they're able to tap into all the people at, at reInvent that were interested in this project. So if you host an open source project or you have a program that you're trying to create at your company, we're happy to help. Um, we have a lot of experience of creating these programs between myself, Zahida, and other members of the team. And we can help you um, get started. We can talk to your management. We can provide you information on how to do that. And um, we can maybe feature your projects um, more, more globally. And one way we can do that is with our, these, these channels that we've created um, in the last, uh, you know, last few months. So maybe talk about that for a bit. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. So, um, you know, our open source team is really looking for opportunities to work with customers and the community to really help support uh, the activities. Um, so please reach out to us. I mean, one of the feedback we have had is uh, there are so many open source projects out there, um, so many very interesting and cool projects out there that folks want us to help amplify those projects and bring them to the attention of others within the community as well. So we've been listening and, um, and we're still listening as well. Um, you know, help ranging from, you know, can you, can you help kind of retweet and make people aware of this or uh, we'd like to collaborate with you uh, on blogs and also at events and actually, you know, getting um, folks more engaged from the community into speaking at conferences um, about the work that you're doing. And these are some of the channels. So we have a Twitter channel um, at AWS Open. Um, so please follow us here if you're not already. 
And um, we just added another 400 um, followers to that account uh, due to last week, due to this open source blog um, that was launched last Wednesday. Um, the URLs are on the slides as well. Um, they're also at the end, so um, we can certainly share that with you. Um, there's uh, presentations and workshops that we're involved in as well. Hackathons, meetings, for example. We hosted a uh, community open source meeting at the AWS Loft in San Francisco just earlier this month, and we're planning to do more of those in other locations as well. And um, this particular workshop that's um, up here, it's being run three times at this conference just due to the popularity. So hands-on development on Kubernetes at AWS. Actually, one thing about this, this course is created on GitHub as, an, as a public, um, public contribution. So uh, as you sit in the course and work on it, if you find something that doesn't work, you raise an issue. And um, the last time they, they ran this uh, sort of an internal testing process a few weeks ago, they pulled, had a whole lot of issues and pull requests during the event. So the course actually, every time you give the course, the, the participants are open source contributors to the course itself, and the course itself gets better each time it runs. So it's not a fixed course that's just being presented to you or interactively making it better. So it's an interesting model for creating open source uh, content that, that will to evolve. And, and this is particularly important because Kubernetes is a very fast moving project, so details of the implementation change as we're working through it. So sometimes there's something that's changed like the day before the event or, or just, just running up to it that we can incorporate as people notice that something's got a little out of, out of sync. So it's you know, an interesting approach to fault tracking a very high velocity project and building course materials around it. And there are at least 20 talks and workshops and um, sessions here um, at reInvent and expect to see more going forward. And we also have a website, um, opensource.amazon.com. And here you'll get more information and updates on what we're doing. Um, it also links to our GitHub account um, where you can look at projects that we're featuring, um, search through uh, anything in particular that you're interested in, and um, you know, just engage somewhere to engage and participate in contribution. So let's talk about code next. I'm going to turn this over to Adrian. Okay, so we're um, we're building these communities and these channels for how to communicate what we're doing. Um, but uh, what we really care about is the code itself and contributions that we're making there. And the contributions, if you look on GitHub, some of the accounts are, are Amazon accounts from Amazon retail side. And it kind of gets a bit blurred when you look at this from the organization point of view. There's some projects where we've actually cooperated. Um, for example, if you're into machine translation, there's a project called Sockeye, which was built by the Amazon retail team. But it uses uh, MXNet, which is a project that the AWS team has been working on so, and has been helping um, work through the Apache process on. So there's kind of cross-collaboration. I think when you see things in, in the AI machine learning or around Alexa, things like that, that there's combinations of where, where it sort of gets a bit blurry who's exactly who's contributing what. We also have a number of accounts which have come through things like acquisition. So if you look on our GitHub page, you find things like the Twitch um, uh, account, which has some things that were done 
while the com company, the, the accounts were created before the companies were brought in. So that's just the overall collection there. But this is um, projects that we contributed to uh, in 2016. And I just highlighted Apache MXNEX. This was a new one and a fairly large um, uh, investment for us in 2016. Um, and we sort of sized the, the larger texts are the ones where we gave more contributions. So there's a few, few here. Um, so of course, we've got a nice animation coming up here. So there we go. Let's see if this works right. Okay, so this is 2017. Uh, you can see MXNet got bigger. I highlighted Kubernetes and container networking in there just to sort of make it easier to find them. And if you look here, the ones that are colored in, in yellow on here are new projects that we contributed for the first time in 2017. So I'm just going to you know, come back in a year and we'll see another step and we'll sort of step it through and see, see where our different contributions are coming from. But it's over a fairly broad set of projects. You can see quite a few of them are Apache-based. Uh, some of them are part of the, uh, say, the Hadoop ecosystem, all of those related projects. There's a lot of big data projects that we contribute to. And we have committers on, on quite a large number of these projects. So I want to talk a little bit about the CNCF contributions. Um, we're a founding member of uh, ContainerD, as I mentioned before. It's a container runtime that uh, um, we'll use going forward as the way to get your containers operated rather than using the, the Docker-specific version. We'll be moving gradually to ContainerD. And Kubernetes, we've been working on installer security and networking integration with AWS. And with CNI, we've got the container networking interface, which we've extended to uh, include support for things like VPCs. And this is how, if you're using ECS, you now get a, an IP address for every container. You get the ability to join VPCs and, and manage at the container level the networking capability. So that code has been contributed, and we're using that code via CNI. And the next step here is to contribute that code in, back up into Kubernetes so that Kubernetes is also using CNI. And we get equivalent functionality at the container level, equivalent networking functionality using the same code base uh, across everything. So the strategy we have with Kubernetes is to upstream everything we do. There's no private versions of uh, any of this code. We're, we're working with that community to make sure that we stay completely in sync with the, the broader community there. Uh, and then this is an interesting project we've been working on for a few years, S2N. Some of you may remember the open SSL sort of issues that say a few few years ago when we found issue, found bugs with it and people discovered it there really wasn't very many people supporting this really important project. Um, as an outcome from that, uh, we decided we needed to um, it would be a good idea for us to have our own implementation of SSL. And we could control it, we can make it much more secure. So S2N is a re-implementation of the spec, which avoids a lot of the extension features that are now obsolete. So it only supports things that, that you'd really want to be using. It's also been through um, a lot of formal correctness proving to make sure that it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a valid implementation of the spec. And as we were working on it, we found that um, one of the weak spots was in random number generation and the way that keys are preserved as you go uh, in, in the Linux kernel. So um, we did some work there, and then we found, you know, we really needed to contribute something back to Linux to do this. So um, there's, the, there's a blog post we put up last week 
it's not just random number generation. You have to be able to wipe the random number when you fork. Otherwise, when, when the process forks, it actually can potentially leak the security uh, and you end up with less secure systems. So it's one of those things where um, you end up using a special flag that says, um, I'm going to wipe this, um, this section of memory at, when, I, when I want to fork. So that change was put into Linux 414 uh, about two weeks ago. We had this blog post come out last week, and um, um, Cole McCarthy, who's um, the AWS engineer that's been driving this for some time, is actually at reInvent, and there's, there's other talks on uh, S2N, I think, uh, later this week. But this was, this was a great launch post for us. We basically said, oh, hey, we're here, welcome post, and then we immediately posted this, and we were, went to the top of Hacker News for most of the day, and you know, it was just great. We got lots of Twitter, Twitter followers as a result. So I think we, we found that there's some demand for information like this. Um, if any of you uh, have something interesting related to AWS and an open source project that you'd like to cooperate with us on, we can work with you to uh, help get a, a blog post written to feature, say, your project or, or whatever's going on, or, or if there's an event happening that's related to AWS and open source that you'd like us to cross-promote, we can tweet it or we can put it on, on the blog. So that's, this is, we now have a channel. It's taken a little while to get all this together. I've been recruiting the team most of the year, um, and now we have the website and the blog and the Twitter handle, and we're, we're starting to produce, uh, we have a calendar of, of content um, that we'll have coming out over the rest of um, yeah, over, over the coming months. So MXNet's another interesting project. Um, we kind of adopted it uh, a year or two ago as a, a really interesting package. And then as we decided what we were going to do with MXNet, we could have gone two paths, really. We could have said, we're just going to basically you know, hire in the team and make it an Amazon thing. Um, but we decided the right thing to do was to, to keep it as an open source project. The, the proportion of contributions that come from, a, from AWS to MXNet is around 30 to 40 percent. So we're a rough, you know, say we're about a third of the total contributions going into this project. The other two thirds are coming from universities, from other large uh, companies uh, around the industry, and you can go look at all the different sort of contributor lists. But there's there's people there from all kinds of different companies that are interested in deep learning. So. The strategy we've got is, is to integrate this behind a lot of the AWS services that you're using, the higher level services that uh, do things like recognition. So it becomes a foundation for us to add more capabilities to MXNet so that it's got broader applicability and to help with better documentation, tutorials, things like that. And there's a few interesting projects we've been working on. There's a joint announcement we made recently with Microsoft around Gluon. This is a uh, a higher level, easy to use uh, um, API, which you can use to create your deep learning application. But the thing that it does, which uh, other toolkits haven't done in the past, is that the model, this multi-layer model that you use, that, that deep learning systems are formed out of, is dynamically variable while you're running the program. Most of these models, you build a model that's hard-coded in the, in the way you structure something. Um, MXNet with Gluon, it's a dynamically uh, tunable model. So you can iteratively build a model as you're going along. It's a much more flexible development process, and it also allows for some new kinds of applications where the model is actually growing and changing as you um, maybe changing the layers out, switching things around uh, while you're running. It's an interesting new capability. 
There's also a, another announcement recently with Facebook. Facebook had created a, a project called Onnx, O-N-N-X, which is the Open Neural Network Exchange for sharing models in a standard format that can be imported into many different uh, deep learning frameworks. So Onyx is, we recently, Microsoft and uh, Amazon just joined in as well. So we have Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook sort of co-supporting Onyx as a place where we can create a library of applications for doing these things. Was anyone at the, uh, the, the robot car rally last night? Anyone from that? I was, I was down at the Aria. Uh, we had a whole lot of you know, model race cars and we put software on them and a Raspberry Pi and we were with a camera and we were driving around the track. And yeah, most people find it's a little bit harder than you'd think to get these things to go around corners reliably, but we had at least one car. Actually, there were two or three cars that would just reliably just go round and around the track. So we have a winner and it was, it was a good competition. But uh, if, if you want to get into deep learning, I'd say all of the software is free and open source, really everything that matters. Uh, and to make this easier to use, we've posted, uh, we, we keep this AMI, this machine image running, um, and it's available on, uh, on Amazon Linux and Ubuntu. You fire it up and it has all pre-installed versions of every deep learning library that you probably need to care about. And the thing is, all the different versions of Python you need and all the different libraries and things, it's a pain to actually get the stuff to install correctly all the time. So we have a team that does nothing but you know, put the, load the new version, regression test it, make sure it's solid, and up, upload a new version of this AMI. So if you're going to play around with this, get the AMI, start with that, build things on top of it. There's, there's some blog posts about building your own robot car. It's a great thing to do with kids if you want to create some kind of hack day or just have a, a, a toy that drives itself around rather than having a radio control car. But it's basically a little radio control truck with a Raspberry Pi controlling it. Been having a lot of fun with this. And I've been using this as a vehicle over the last year for myself to get, deep, to get more into deep learning. Okay, so I'm gonna... Um, Hand over now to Zahida to talk a bit about sort of the ways that we're removing the friction so that we can increase con contributions. Great, thanks, Sadra. Yeah, this is a snapshot. Um, it's courtesy of the Linux Foundation, but it's really showing what's happening um, in open source relating to code contributions. So um, here are some of the numbers, you know, 24 million open source developers, 64 million repositories on GitHub and 41 billion lines of code. So lots and lots of new projects creating every day. And as you saw from the earlier slides, uh, contributions are also, our contributions are also picking up momentum. And it's a scale that we're working at as a community. Um, we're all an open source community um, at AWS and uh, as a company, we're doing this as well. back one slide. There we go. And um, so before even Adrian and I can be on stage here um, amplifying the work of uh, AWS in open source, there's a whole cast uh, behind uh, the scenes back in the office um, in our organizations, in your organization as well, and uh, they're responsible for helping us um, with all of our open source work. So for example, the champions are developers who start using the code and want to integrate it in with uh, the products and services that you're building. There may be lawyers that are working with you on IP and patents. Um, there may be product managers, designers, 
and um, testers, and even um, at all levels in the organization in the chain that support the decision around open source. And these are called the internal champions. There are internal champions, uh, a very, very few of them here. We have uh, hundreds of folks within the organization and hundreds of champions within the organization working on open source. And Henry Andel is um, one of our principal engineers, and he's been really pushing uh, the direction of using and contributing to open source code for a long time. And he's also a mentor at the Apache Software Foundation as well. Um, they're all unsung heroes because they never get to get up here and speak. And, um, you know, I just want to, like, you know, I thank all of the all of you in the room as well that are doing this. All of you that put your hand up earlier that are contributors to open source. Can we just give the contributors a round of applause? So, in terms of con uh, covering contributions, and those of you who talk, who put your hand up for companies that are contributing, this is one of the things that. Um, first things that you do in contributing code, um, you remove the risks by creating and following process. It's not just a question of releasing code and putting it on GitHub, but you need to get your legal teams involved and um, make sure that um, you follow legal uh, requirements like IP and patents. Um, with code, you need to scrub the code, um, clean up the comments, and if you've already produce software that you're releasing, and um, make sure security keys aren't included in the code base. Um, you also need to have well understood and documented process to follow to release new projects and to make contributions, submit bug fixes, and also um, engaging with the community. So for example, you know, having something like a code of conduct in place and also improving the code. How do you do that? How do you add new features? All of those things. It's so much easier when you've got an organization with thousands of developers contributing, if you can create that process. The other thing that's important is licensing. And moving to a standard license, um, it's a really good thing. It's a classic good thing that companies do and it really helps improve contribution. So one of the things we've done is um, improve this by cleaning up uh, custom licenses and moving to uh, more permissive licenses like the Apache and the MIT license. Um, and particularly when you're making acquisitions and if it's within your span of control, then you make that move to more permissive licenses. So it enables more kind of friendly form of contribution. And you'll hear more of that later this week. Um, the other way we're working with communities as well is by um, giving AWS credits. Um, and this has been done on a case-by-case -case basis, supporting nonprofits and open source projects. So examples are um, Postgres, uh, the Apache Software Foundation, the GNOME Foundation, OpenSSL, Kubernetes, um, as well as open source projects and code. Uh, we're also supporting uh, open data initiatives and, and academia as well. So you can reach out to me if you want to um, 
us to kind of help enable your project to contribute more. And as an organization, um, we're collaborating internally um, in terms of our contribution, but as well as our internal collaboration and collaborating with the foundations, we're also working with technology companies that have open source program offices, and we're collaborating with a whole bunch of companies. Um, and at this place called the To Do Group, it's hosted at the Linux Foundation, and we share practices and tools on how to run your open source projects and programs and how to run your open source program office as well. And um, as far as our contributions, um, we've created some tools. Uh, this is part of our internal uh, engineering team that has created this, Henry and his team. And um, things like, you know, some of the things that you would need to use, like uh, how do you um, um, measure, create a dashboard and measure um, the contributions that you're making externally. So there's an open source dashboard repo on GitHub. There's an attribution builder, and there's also a contribution logger. So it tracks all of your external contributions as well. And metrics and gathering metrics is a really key piece of open source. Not only do you know um, the contributions you're making, but also what is your community doing, how the community collaborating as well, and what are some of the important projects and how are they bubbling up. As well as collaborating with these organizations, um, there's a guide that's been produced by the To Do Group, and you should go check this out, especially if your company is doing open source and you haven't seen this. So it's an open source guide for enterprise, and there are sections in here that are being contributed to by many of these companies on things like um, you know, creating your open source program, how do you measure um, your program, and how do you measure, um, how do you, what are some of the tools that you can create uh, or that you can use for measuring. Um, so take a look at this. This is a, a growing um, guide, and it's actually multiple guides that it's been created over time and contributing through best practices and some of the experiences that we've all learned within our companies. And communication is a really, really important piece of this. You know, many of you on open source projects are communicating through mailing lists. Um, we talked about some of the channels that we've created for you to engage with us and collaborate in communication. But there are other venues, as I said earlier, you can go to conferences and it's really important when you're um, actually releasing code to, to have your developers go out and speak about the project. And that's how you're going to engage other contributors and build community around your code as well. So, um, you know, you'll see more of our engineers be at conferences and, and speak um, uh, and also hosting workshops. And um, if you've got any interesting projects that you want to talk about, um, you know, please, please come and find us. And it's also really good for you to travel, and I know you're all here in Vegas, and, um, and sharing and collaborating, because this is really um, a big piece of what open source is about. I'm gonna be here all this week, so please come and find me, stop me, or you can DM me on Twitter at Zahida B. So throughout our organization, throughout the whole of AWS, there's very strong commitment to 
um, open source. And Matt Wood, who's our uh, internal leader for deep learning technologies, and he's a champion for open source, and he puts its best in his quote. So that we're providing code and contribution, we're investing in programma programmability and the developer experience, you know, building up documentation, um, examples of code, and investing in all the tooling around it. So this is a really big part of the work behind the scenes that you, know, you don't always see with open source projects. And all of this needs a huge cast. And the cast is you know, throughout all of our company. It's also um, throughout um, your organizations. It's many individual developers, and it's, it's many of you. It's global. And all of us, all of our contributions, all of the um, collaboration that we do, the code engaging in the community, together we all make up open source. Thank you. And those, there are some URLs and um, references up there for uh, communicating and engaging with us. So please feel free to st uh, stop by at the end and come and talk to us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll hang around for a bit afterwards uh, if people want to stand, say hi, or have questions. Thanks. <laughs>